Hi, welcome to Ha'igeret, or The Message, a unique journal of original and plagiarized Jewish thought, in the merit of my grandfather, Benjamin Arie Ben Meir, and in the merit and memory of Yosef Shalom Ben Shifra, Jerry Levy. May his memory be a blessing. This week's Parsha is Beshalach, and the Shabbat that we read this Parsha is known as Shabbat Shira, or the Shabbat of Song. Shabbat of Song, referring to Shirat Hayam, the song at the sea, during Kriyat Yamsuf, the splitting of the Red Sea or the Sea of Reeds. I love this Parsha. I studied music in college. I continue to make slash be a fan of music. I definitely speak in extremes, but for many reasons besides the fact that this is Shabbat Shira and I happen to be Shira too, this is my number one Parsha to learn about. If you woke me up at 4 a.m. and said, give a Devar Torah right now, I would go to this. So here we are, after 10 wild and crazy plagues, B'nai Israel, the children of Israel, are finally free to leave Mitzrayim, to leave Egypt. But as we have come to expect, God hardens Pharaoh's heart once more, and he changes his mind. Just as they feel finally free, B'nai Israel find themselves trapped between the Sea of Reeds, Yamsuf, and Pharaoh and his approaching army. When B'nai Israel see their predicament, they are rightfully frightened. Moshe, Moses, tries to comfort them, saying they should have no fear, God will deliver you. But then God comes back saying, why do you cry out to me? Tell B'nai Israel to go forward, and then hold your staff out so that B'nai Israel may march onto dry land. Did you catch that order? Tell B'nai Israel to go forward and then you can split the sea. At this point, God has said many times that B'nai Israel will be delivered, that Egypt will be dealt with harshly. And so God expects a little bit of faith from B'nai Israel. We know how the rest of the story goes, of course. We know how it ends, that the sea splits and B'nai Israel is free. And you just want to shake them and say, just go into the water. Just like have a little bit of faith. My mom always says that if you are having a hard time deciding on something, it's because you don't have enough information. Well, B'nai Israel just saw 10 miraculous, harsh plagues that left them unscathed. And yet they've also just experienced 210 years of slavery in Egypt. When do these miracles become enough, enough information to restore faith? And are we expected to make such a huge leap of faith when we've been suffering for so long? We learn in the Talmud and the Midrash that one person did have the faith to jump into the water first, Nachshon, Nachshon ben Aminadav. Nachshon's Amuna, his belief in faith in God, encouraged the rest of B'nai Israel to also make the leap. Then the sea split. We learn, though, that the sea didn't split until the water had reached Nachshon's eyes and his nose. What incredible faith to hold out until the last possible second and still remain steadfast. This reminds me of the story of Akedat Yitzchak, the binding of Isaac, in Sefer Bereshit, the book of Genesis. Avraham, Abraham, wasn't some cold-blooded, heartless person who was willing to kill his son when God asked. He was a person who knew the power of context. Why would God have him kill his son who he waited and prayed and longed for for so many years? Why would God promise Avraham generations as numerous as stars in the sky if he planned to wipe everyone out with Isaac? So back to this story. Why would God send the ten plagues, finally free B'nai Israel, get them this far, only to have them be destroyed? It makes no sense that this would be the end of B'nai Israel. But are we thinking rationally when we're faced with the terrifying situations? Not really. I mean, how can we expect them to think about this context when they're faced with such a terrifying prospect? The Lubavitcher Rebbe, Menachem Mendel Schneerson, taught that the story of Nachshon's faith should be a call to action. Nachshon knew that God wanted to move B'nai Israel onward to Har Sinai, to Mount Sinai, and so he did what he had to do. He moved forward because he knew it was his life's mission. 
And now, what do we know Nachshon for? Do we know him as being the brother of Elisheva, Aaron, or Aaron's wife? No, we know him as a trailblazer, a person of strong amuna, a person who trusted in God so deeply that his name is now associated with this truly cool leap of faith. Sometimes when we see a piece of abstract art, we think to ourselves, well, I probably could have done that. But did you? Truthfully, anyone could have done what Nachshon did. But did they? You've definitely been a Nachshon in your life. I promise if you think about it long enough, you will find a time and it will be your serotonin boost for the evening. Once the sea splits and B'nai Israel is finally free, they simultaneously break out into song, this aforementioned Shirat Hayam, the song at the sea. Everyone knows the words and I assume the choreography. We learn that there was a different level of spiritual frequency that B'nai Israel was able to tap into. And this is how they were all on the same page regarding lyrics, choreography, I suppose. If you love The Prince of Egypt, the DreamWorks musical film about the Exodus story, this is the when you believe moment. I'm attaching a link to the London cast of Prince of Egypt, which will, God willing, resume their run post-coronavirus. It's really stunning. It's the exact thing to get you in the Shabbat Shira mood. So in the stone edition of the Art Scroll Chamesh, there's a really beautiful explanation of the true Torah definition of a song, of a shir. In the course of our normal lives, we fail to recognize the hand of God in the things that we experience. We see hardship and wonder how that could be the hand of God. We suffer and ask the same thing. Sometimes, though, we get a flash of insight and we see how all of the puzzle pieces fit together. In those moments, we recognize how each note, each instrument, each participant plays its role in God's symphony of creation. This moment is the Torah definition of a song. The condition in which all the apparently unrelated and contradictory phenomena meld into a coherent, merciful, and comprehensible whole. At the splitting of the sea, B'nai Israel saw the past events with immense clarity. They saw how every single past moment of suffering was part of the harmonious score that led up to the greatest of all miracles. Ugh, I love this idea. Every single time I learn about it, it absolutely stuns me. It's helped me through a lot of things in my life. Uh, so I hope that you are able to find in your future, in your past, in your present, examples of, of a sheer, of a song in your life. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, or subscribe, or share with a friend, whatever, even just listening. Thanks so much. Uh, wishing you a Shabbat Shalom, a Shabbat filled with song, and a great week.